folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Think to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, former vice president of the entertainment part of the Walt Disney World Company, Douglas May. Welcome, Doug, to the show. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. That's so exciting. And you've had 3,000 shows produced. I just wanted to mention some of these things, kind of reel them off. You've been the creative producer for Disney's Animal Kingdom Entertainment, which includes the Lion King show, the Jungle Book musical show that was before Tarzan Rocks, Tarzan Rocks, Birds of Prey, also Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which is one of my favorites. And you had this really cool fun fact that it's been, that it's had 100,000 performances so far. I could not believe that. I want to be Ariel amazing. one day. <laughs> I, I'm always, I always get worried because when they change something in that park, I'm like, I hope that's not the first to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. It's yeah. so much fun, though. I love that. And you've done the Aladdin Parade, the Christmas Parade, the Sing Along Parade, Mickey Mania, Hunchback of Notre Dame stage show. Who doesn't love that one? The Spirit of Pocahontas. All these credits. And you stopped working for the company. What year did you did you kind of depart and work on other projects? Uh, 2002 was when I left the company. I was actually in L.A. at that point. I had been in Paris uh for two years and then came back to orlando for a month and then moved out to la and i was in la for about about two and a half years and you were with the company for 15 years that's a long time and 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 doing all these all these different projects as creative producer creative director vice president where did you first start out with the company well, I was very fortunate. Um, I My first experience really with the company was the opening ceremony of the Pan American Games in 1980. I don't even want to say it, 1987, 88. Um, and I was living in Indiana at that time and volunteered to be a part of the organizing group. And Disney hired me uh, to help with the opening ceremonies. And then when that was over, they moved me to Orlando. And uh, that's where the journey began, um, right there. My first, it was funny, I look back, my, my, my very first uh, outside of the Pan American Games as, a, as an employee was I had a, a six-month target market tour where we would take the best to Disney. And we, um, for the first time, uh, Walt Disney World was allowed to market west of the Mississippi. It used to be split. East of the Mississippi was Walt Disney World. West of the Mississippi was Disneyland. It's called trial by fire, you know, because uh, we would go into cities and literally uh, just take over. And we'd have parades and shows. And uh, some of my 
favorite stories. We actually had Donald Duck um, uh, leading the Mormon Tabernacle Choir when we were in Salt Lake City. And that, that was quite an experience, you know. Uh, they loved it. The, the choir, they did not tell the choir. And all of a sudden, in walks Donald Duck, and he starts conducting the choir. And, of course, Donald loses his temper, and his hat explodes. And it, it, was, it was just incredible stories, you know. And that's how I, that's how I started. That's, that was how I began with Disney and then uh, came back and immediately jumped into the studios and starting to work on the opening of the studios after the Target Market Tour. So, uh, and then it was one lovely, fabulous, wonderful adventure after another. Now, another show that you have on your resume is the Diamond Horseshoe. A lot of people miss this show. It was toward the end um, when I first started getting involved with the Diamond Horseshoe, which you know, one of my favorite 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 shows um i agree with a lot of others it's the i missed the, i missed the show because it was just pure fun but the people you know the people at disney are the most incredible people that's that's why i i stayed as long as i did um it's just it's it, the people there are there because they love being there and boy does that make a difference so we're going to continue our interview. I just, we kind of had a break here because um, for some reason, the computer audio on Doug's computer wasn't working. So we're going to carry on our interview via phone with Doug. So welcome back to the show, Doug, for our little break we had there. <laughs> oh, so sorry about that. But our technology, you know, we love it sometimes. You never know. Yeah, well, the, you know, that's the beauty of, of live performing. You never know what's going to happen. It's live performance <laughs> it's exactly and the show right. must go on. <laughs> it's all about improvisation. You guys. Got it. Yes, perfect. And speaking of live performances, I was just watching Tarzan Rocks the other night because I really enjoyed uh -huh. that show. I, I loved it. And, well, and you have you. people rollerblading all over the place, all over the stage and, oh, yeah. and jumping over one another. And it's all about timing and then flying in the air. When you're producing Tarzan Rocks, you're, you're starting from the very beginning from scratch. What are the ideas that come out of this? Uh, like, how, how do you kind of structure <laughs> it? Because it's kind of like a rock concert with great Phil Collins yeah, music, very of course. Much so. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we, you know, you, you, every time we would, one of the most exciting moments was when we would get to see the upcoming new animated film and immediately start working on, okay, how do we take this and, and, you know, and bring this entire emotional experience of the film to the stage. And with Tarzan, it was, it, you know, there were, there were several ideas, you know, do we recreate the jungle and go more of a traditional approach? Do we do more of a, a, a storyteller approach to it? And out of nowhere, um, a friend and I, um, actually Reed Jones, who's still with Disney, directed the show. And Reed and I were, were sitting around talking and, and watching things, and we saw a couple of rollerbladers go by, and we looked at each other, and that's where it started. It was like, what if? <laughs> one of the things that we kept struggling with is, you know, how do you get, because when those animals move, they glide, they don't stomp, they glide. And we kept wanting to come up with something, you know, with that direction. The other piece was we loved the music. You know, the music was so powerful um, that we wanted to make that sort of, you know, obviously the story comes first, but that music is so powerful in that specific show um, that we wanted to make it really at the, the core of, of the story we were about to tell. So that's how it really went from a, 
what you would call more of a traditional, you know, beginning, middle, and end into something that was really a hybrid between a, a rock concert and a Broadway musical. Was very, very pleased with that show. I will never forget when I pitched the show to Eisner because every show we did, we had to pitch directly to Michael. Michael said, "That's great. I want it in three months." And I said, "No, no, you, you can't have it in three months. This is this is six to eight months of production." Because the ice, obviously, the set was massive with those those large aluminum trees. And um, for uh, 30 minutes, he and I went back and forth. Well, guess what? It did happen in three months. And uh, it was amazing because we had our set designer uh, was out of L.A. Our director was in Florida. Uh, you know, people were all over the country that were working on that show. So it was, and it replaced it was your other show, The Jungle Book, too. And I remember mm-hmm. that both mm-hmm. the, both theaters are were outdoor theaters. If uh, Listeners, if you don't remember Tarzan Rocks or uh, The Jungle Book, they are in the spot that Finding Nemo the musical is in, which thankfully for the Finding Nemo cast and crew, they are indoors now in a, in a nice indoor theater. Because yeah. I remember when we were at Tarzan Rocks, and the Jungle Book musical, we had to get those oh, popsicles yeah. because it was so mm-hmm. hot and we just had to eat those popsicles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It uh, it was it was an extremely warm area, you know, with the, but uh, but the cast did a show no matter how hot it was. You know, they were out there giving it all. And we love seeing Tarzan and Jane on stage. Who does not love seeing oh, that? Oh, that's fun. How I, can you not love that? I you know, love I mean, it's just fun. And you and you it brought really the show is. over to Disneyland Paris too. I saw, and I was I was yep, watching that version. Sure it's a little bit different here and there, but other than that, it's pretty pretty much the same it's and a little similar. bit different in set. Now they brought it back yeah. maybe two years ago. Yeah. Right. They're going to keep it there. They're oh, going to good. keep it, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I, I really do miss it's it great. in Animal Kingdom. I, I love all the shows. I love Jungle Book. I love Tarzan Rocks. I love Finding Nemo. And I love Festival of the Lion King, which was another one that you worked on. There's a story about the Festival of the Lion King that you might find interesting. The, the way that show began was Disneyland had produced a Lion King parade. And it was really, really well done. Very beautiful floats. And one of the thoughts... that really drove the whole approach to the Lion King show at Animal Kingdom was, is there a way to use those Disneyland floats in a show versus as a parade? And that's how it began. So that's why you have the sets that track in. Those were original designs for the Disneyland Lion King parade. So it was taking an existing asset and using it in a totally different way. Again, one of those shows where the people were phenomenal, you know, and the cast and the singers were just cooked up. And I wanted to talk again, we were talking a little bit earlier about Barbie, so the magical world of Barbie. Uh So was this one of the more difficult shows to put together last minute? Yes, hands down. Um, I would say Barbie was was in the top three of the most difficult shows to, to actually pull together. And the, the real piece was this was the first time Mattel had ever agreed to do a live Barbie show. They had never done one before. So of course they were scared to death. <laughs> you know, Oh my God, are we ever really going to find someone who looks and like Barbie that can sing and dance and act? And it, um, it was very difficult, but uh, we finally got it there. It, was, it ended up being fun. If the show's right and you can walk away with a smile on your face and the audience is smiling, then what more could you want? You know? 
teamwork. And speaking of teamwork, with Voyage of the Little Mermaid, I, I when I went back to Disney this past June, it was really interesting because it's all about timing for that show. It's boom, boom, oh. boom, boom. It's 17 minutes. All about and I don't even know how long the reset time is. I'm going to guess it's five minutes to reset the show because yep, there's just a show every almost every 20 minutes. Yeah, it runs every three shows an hour. Um, you know, it's it's like it's an attraction. It was when we did the show, it was really one of the first what what became known as a live attraction. Um, Mermaid's the only one I believe that's still running, but that we had several other that we had we had done also. And by running it like an attraction, which is three shows, you know, every hour versus five shows a day, that's a huge difference. And uh, that was that was an incredibly fun experience for all of us because not only were we you know, putting together the show, we were also having to work very, very, you know, normally you, your shows are 30 minutes, you know, to, to do a 15-minute show and tell the entire story and capture all of the, the, the emotion, emotional aspects of Little Mermaid. It, it was incredible, uh, you know, and the use, the mix and the use of technology. There was a lot of firsts in, in Little Mermaid for us where we blended a lot of different technologies and more, you know, really bringing the show more interactive, you know, which is, is the, the rage now, but back then, not every show was, that, especially an attraction, you, you didn't, you know, was not that interactive. And that was, that was one of the, just the incredibly fun. Two other shows that were also in the Hollywood studios are, as I like to call it, the MGM studios, The Spirit of Pocahontas, and also The Hunchback of Notre Dame came soon after The Spirit of Pocahontas, about a year and a half. And that must have been a really quick transition. I, I, I was told by the cast members who I interviewed for Cast Member Corner that once they finished the show, they were really kind of kicking it up a notch to try to get the stage ready for The Hunchback show very quickly because right. it was just... Yeah, in and out, in and out. Real quick turnaround. You know, and that's when we were really, you know, the company was cranking out, you know, animated feature after animated feature. And uh, it, you know, and it was always important, especially at the studios and at Walt Disney World, to have a, a major presence uh, for the new, you know, for the new animated feature. Attractions take much longer to produce. A live show, you know, you can put together very quickly. So that's why. So many of those shows, I'd love to have seen Pocahontas run longer, you know, and Hunchback was another one of those that, you know, we used a lot of puppets. You've gone on from working for Disney and you're working for other theme parks. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the upcoming projects that you're working on? I'd love to hear about this. Yeah. Well, the, the primary project I'm working on right now is in a city called Shijiazhuang, China, which is about... Uh, four hours by car from Beijing southwest, and it will be the world's largest indoor theme park when it's complete. Um, the building's already, the structure's already there. Uh, we've completed the total concept, the entire master plan, and I've been driving the whole project. So um, we are now, at this point, I'm home for a couple months, and then I go back and we, we kick right back into it, and we're hoping to open in 2016 at this point. But, um, you know, it's, 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 I, it's, it's, it's going to be an incredible park. The whole thing is totally based on a very wonderful story uh, called The Many Adventures of King Leo. And um, it's it's just going to be really quite a wonderful park. That's really taking up 90% of my time right now. Uh, the other 10%, I'm working on some smaller projects. Um, 
really here in Indiana, and for some casinos of all things. But the, but that's really ta- that's really taking up a lot of my time. But uh, it's great, you know. I just love this business. Um, you know, Shanghai Disney's going up, so that's been fun. So I know a lot of the people that's working on that. So it's been fun going over and seeing how that's going. That's going to be an unbelievable park when it's done. It's it's really going to be incredible. And now I have three Disney questions I always ask my guests. So we'll start yes, with ma'am. the Donald one. So the Donald question is, as a child, what Disney film would you like to watch over and over again? Bambi. Absolutely loved it. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? The first name that came to my mind was was um, Pumbaa <laughs> from Lion King. <laughs> How can you not have fun with a warthog? I mean, come on. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this moment, what immediately comes to mind? Colors of the Wind. And it could be because we were just talking about it. But that's the first song that popped into my head. Do you have any websites you want to mention to our listeners so they can find out more about your projects? Sure. Uh, My website's www.imagineinow.com. And that will come directly to me. If anybody has anything, I'd be happy to talk with them. So thank you again for coming on the show, Doug. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) I truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much.